0: What is up, everybody? I am Philip Enriquez, and you are listening to the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. Today's version is taking place here on a Tuesday, 7-11-2017, and I have a lot to talk about. I have a lot on my mind. Beginning first and foremost at the front of my mind, I read a very, very controversial list stating the top 31 NFL safeties of all time and they said it was a bit controversial i don't think so i have a bone to pick with you mr gil Brandt from nfl.com so stay tuned for that also we want to talk about a little bit more of the subjects we were talking about yesterday including what do the new york knicks have to do to get this team back on the rails and back on track because right now they are falling off the rails Day in and day out, the headlines seem to just be embarrassing James Dolan and this franchise. So we're going to talk a little bit about how they can turn that around. Uh, Another thing that we want to touch back on is Kirk Cousins and seeing if he can uh, possibly sign a contract extension before the deadline next week. We also want to get into just a little bit of MLB. The All-Star Game is getting ready to take place very soon. And we want to talk about yesterday's home run derby and go over... winners and losers there so keep it locked in here at the say what you like sports podcast okay let's just jump right into it nfl.com senior analyst and personnel guru gil Brandt currently has up on nfl.com right now a list of the top 31 safeties in nfl history and after reading this Article All I can think about is shock value, shock jocking. He's doing his best, skip Bayless impression. He's making outlandish statements and he's watching us go nuts trying to react to them. So here I am, falling for the bait and reacting to this list on our podcast here. So I don't take issue with anything really until we get to number 28, where he has Eric Weddle making this list. Eric Weddle from the San Diego Chargers decent player i'll even say better than decent he's a very good safety four-time proler pro bowler excuse me first team all pro two times he's got 23 career interceptions but i take exception because he left off the real number 28 on this list and that's darren woodson the all pro safety from the 1990s the three-time super bowl champion darren woodson he didn't even make this list but a player like eric weddle did What has Eric Weddle ever accomplished as a safety or with any of his teams? How many great postseason highlights do you see of Eric Weddle? I got plenty of Darren Woodson. And let's just talk about the type of players that they were. Eric Weddle wasn't a player that all offensive coordinators had to make sure where he was on every given play. Yeah, he was a playmaker, but I don't see where he was anything that special. But Darren Woodson, on the other hand, he could hit like a linebacker. And that's probably because he was a linebacker in college. But then again, he can cover the slot players with ease. He can cover a wideout. He can play free safety, or he could drop down in the box and play strong safety. Darren Woodson can do it all. He was the most, probably the most versatile safety I've ever seen play this game. And I just don't see how he was left off this list. And that alone does not allow me to take this list anywhere near seriously, Mr. Brandt. You must have not watched a lot of football from the 90s to leave off Darren Woodson. At number 27, another exception I take, he has Jack Tatum ranked as the 27th best safety of all time. Jack Jack Tatum killed a man. He's a Super Bowl champion. How's Eric Weddle there? He-, he never even won a championship. I don't think he's even been to a Super Bowl. Jack Tatum. Bottom line, let me tell you about Jack Tatum, when I used to play ball in my front yard, there was a brick wall that separated our yard from the neighbor's yard, and that wall was nicknamed Jack Tatum, because if you ran too fast, trying to catch a pass deep, you were going to get hit and knocked out by Jack Tatum. Then you go down the list and you see at number 24 you have Rodney Harrison, again way too low of a ranking. Especially considering that number 23, they have Cam Chancellor ranked ahead of him. Now, I love Cam Chancellor as a safety. He's one of the best safeties in the league today. But there's no way I'm taking Cam Chancellor over Rodney Harrison in his prime. No way. Bill Belichick loves this guy. I mean, he can rant and rave about the capabilities of Rodney Harrison as a football player. And let's not forget, he was San Diego along with Junior Seau in the 90s that's all they had going for them so I don't know how he ended up becoming so low on this list another current player number 19 Earl Thomas is on the list I can go with that a 70s player Charlie Waters the safety for the Dallas Cowboys is at number 18 a player that I think is entirely way too high on this list at number 17 John Lynch you know yeah he's a nine-time pro bowler and an all-pro twice but John Lynch was just a hard hitter I mean, that's all he was in my opinion. I don't think he was as versatile or even better than players like Charlie Waters, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. He should be ranked probably in the late 20s here. But moving on down the list, he has number 11, Brian Dawkins. Number 10, Steve Atwater. Number 9, Eric Berry. He has Ronnie Lott at 5, Ed Reed at 4, Ken Houston at 3, Palomalu at 2. And Night Train, number one. I'm not going to argue with Night Train. I mean, this guy had 79 career interceptions. He's a two-time NFL champion, so he's a winner. But how do you have Troy Polamalu over Ed Reed? How is Ed Reed number four? He was a force at safety. I just don't get this list at all. Now, this list is a perfect segue to the next topic here. We want to talk about the next episode of Gridiron Fights on the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. That's the show where we pit two of the greatest players of all time from their position and just go head-to-head to see who is the better player. And since this list, which I already explained, is a big joke, Mr. Gilbrant just made a big joke of the list, but perhaps the biggest joke on the entire list was ranking Troy Polamalu ahead of Ed Reed. Now sure, Troy Polamalu is a two-time Super Bowl champion, but Ed Reed's no slouch. He's a Super Bowl champion himself. Now Troy Polamalu was voted to 8 Pro Bowls and he's a four-time All-Pro with 32 career interceptions. Not a bad body of work at all. But without a doubt, Ed Reed is the greatest safety at least in my lifetime. I mean, this guy was voted to nine Pro Bowls, and he was an all-pro first-teamer five times. And he doubles the amount of interceptions with 64 career interceptions to Paul Amalu's 32. And that's a defender's first and most important job. Turn the ball over, get the ball back for the offense. And let's not forget, he was offense too, because how many times do you remember seeing Ed Reed get a pick? pick up a fumble, and take it straight to the house. Ed Reed is the best of all time. If I was doing an all-time draft class and I was ranking the safeties, he's at the top of my draft board because there is not another safety in the history of the NFL that can do what Ed Reed did. He's accomplished so much in his career. And guess what, Eric, you're going to be making the case for Troy Polamalu, and I'm telling you right now, you ain't got a chance. I'm going to take all the statistics, I'm going to take all the analysis, go over all the strengths and weaknesses, and there ain't no way you are going to be able to prove to me or any of the listeners out there that Troy Polamalu was a better safety than Ed Reed. Bring it. Ed Reed over Troy Polamalu all day, and we're going to prove it on the next episode of Gridiron Bites. Phil what's up man I just wanted to ask you what do you think the New York Knicks should do should they trade away Carmelo or should they look to trade away Brzingis let me know what you think I, I don't know if they're going to end up doing either because I don't know who's running the ship right now and it just seems like I'm at a loss for, for words on what they're doing in New York so let me know what you think take care man thanks for uh posting and look forward to hearing from you in the future What's up, Vic? Thanks for calling back into the station. I really love what you do at the rebound. Guys, if any of you out there haven't listened to the rebound station, Vic here will keep you updated on the latest going-ons in the NBA. Now, back to your question. What do the New York Knicks need to do to improve? Well, (laughs) James Dolan is the owner, so you really can't get rid of him. But that's definitely what they would need to do to get better. But realistically... I guess the best thing you can do now and I'm not even so sure this is realistic at all but I would apologize to David Griffin give him a formal public apology pay him his money make him one of the highest-paid GMs in the league and at least that way you have some type of solid ground to start with an experienced GM that's done the job before won a championship he has that pedigree and hopefully that will attract some free agents and that will allow players on the roster currently, maybe even Carmelo Anthony, even though I think he's going to be traded either way. But at least a young player like Kristaps Porzingis will begin to start having faith in the franchise again. Because you don't want him unhappy, because he is one of the best young pieces in the NBA today. And it would be a shame to lose him because he doesn't believe in the organization or at least the management within the organization. So. I don't know how possible that is but that's something that I would look to do if I was James Dolan I'd apologize to Griffin and try to make sure I don't lose him as the GM. Now if that's not possible then I guess you gotta trade Carmelo Anthony and hope you get a decent draft pick or two for him because you do not want to get rid of Porzingis by any means necessary because he's one of the brightest young stars. In the NBA today you have to build around something like that that's the only way to make it work in the NBA today so really they need to get a handle on that GM situation they need to start you know showing some I guess some confidence in a GM again and James Dolan's got to stay out of the way completely out of the way and hopefully they can begin to build again with some picks that they get for Carmelo Anthony But in all honesty, I mean, with James Dolan there as the owner, he's constantly going to be lurking. And because of that, you can even ask Knicks fans, but they're not very confident that this is going to get any better anytime soon. Let's take a few moments to talk a little MLB here on this segment. And in particular, let's talk about this home run derby that went down last night at Marlins Park in Miami. Now, before we get into what went down last night in the home run derby... I just want to comment a little bit on what I thought about the seedings. I mean, you had number one seed, Stanton, all lined up and ready to meet the number two seed, Aaron Judge, in the finals. The MLB definitely wanted it like this. Honestly, the closer I look at these seedings, I just have to say, I haven't seen such a rigged seeding system since Wrestlemania 4. I mean, just look at it. Stanton was supposed to be the... uh, hometown hero that was gonna make it to the finals and take on the hated New York Yankees Aaron Judge who is this rookie that's taken over the home run you know he's leading the league in home runs this season he's gonna take over the Derby and the home crowd had somebody to cheer for and somebody to cheer against because let's face it if you're not from New York you're probably not a Yankees fan and you know it was all set up you also got Cody Ballinger he was supposed to meet up Aaron Judge in the second round to make an east coast west coast thing and then also you had Aaron Judge taking on Stanton's teammate in the first round as if Miami needed any more ammunition to hate on Judge but in the end Aaron Judge takes it and Giancarlo Stanton didn't even make it to the finals he beat Miguel Sano uh, in the and he didn't even need the whole time to beat him he beat him 11 to 10 And if I remember correctly, it only took him about a little bit over half the time to win. I mean, he belted 11 homers, and I believe they said he had four of them that were beyond the 500-foot mark. So this boy is a beast, and he's young, and he's on the Yankees. So, you know, this guy's going to be a big deal uh, for many, many years going forward. Winning the Home Run Derby is just the first step in this young player's career you know i think he's going to do a lot of good things i also seen an, uh, you know i was also hoping cody ballinger was going to do something um you know and be able to maybe even upset aaron judge but he's not quite there yet but again he's another remarkable rookie playing here in la and i just wanted to give a shout out to him too what did you guys think of the home run derby let me know give me a call into the station if you want to add any comments to it i thought it was a good one it was entertaining uh, which is, you know, more than I can say for so far what I've seen from the MLB this year. But hopefully it's going to heat up and we're going to get some good pennant races. And, you know, I always love the MLB postseason. That's when it gets serious. Now it's time to jump back into that little NFL discussion we were having yesterday about Kirk Cousins and the contract situation between him and the Washington Redskins. So let's go ahead and just cap this thing off because we were getting to the point where Kirk Cousins is now going to play on the franchise tag for the amount of 24 million dollars for one season fully guaranteed however Kirk Cousins would like to sign an extension not because he's necessarily gonna make way more money but because he wants more guaranteed money right now right now he's only able to access 24 million dollars guaranteed so if he gets hurt this season that's it he's only getting 24 million guaranteed and then who knows when or if you're going to sign on for more money later but if he can get a long-term extension sure he might be making less than 24 million a year but his guaranteed amount will be at probably at least double the amount by now he's looking at 50 million guaranteed even if it is over four years he's still getting a guaranteed you know amount of 50 million no matter when or if he gets hurt so that's the reason why he's trying to sign this contract extension which he only has six days left to do but the bottom line is this is only hurting the Washington Redskins organization Dan Snyder here he goes again fumbling the ball because if you would have signed Kirk Cousins two years ago you probably would have gotten him on that deal for five years 100 million dollars probably could have got him for 40 million guaranteed but now, the dude's already make, making $24 million guaranteed, so there's your starting point. This guy's easily going to want, I don't know, anywhere from at least around $20 million guaranteed for the next three years. So you're looking at $60 million guaranteed, and you're going to end up paying the guy and overpaying him because he's not a top 10 quarterback. I mean, I admit, I'd rather sign him and have him than be without him because honestly... Washington without Kirk Cousins you're probably looking at a two-win team here honestly so you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't if you're Dan Snyder but again it's all your doing you made the bed sleep in it so you either trade this guy away or overpay this guy and sign him and move on because right now this contract situation isn't helping anyone but like I said hopefully they get this thing resolved Uh, Washington, I feel, was ready to contend a couple of years ago, and I don't know what happened. Maybe they're just Washington. But we'll see. We'll keep a lookout over the next six days and see if Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins can come to terms. But if not, you heard it here first. That's going to ruin this franchise going forward for the next few years.